James Bond. James Bond. You're a wizard, Harry. I drink your milkshake. You can't handle the truth. You are tearing me apart, Lisa. All right, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Movie Mafia Podcast. I'm your host, Jacob Trout. We are joined here today, Gabby, Lauren, Max, and our new special guest for the episode. Oh, my gosh. My friend, Danielle, she's here. Welcome. First welcome. Ever yes. First ever guest. And you should be honored, Danielle. I am. I'm so honored and appreciative. I can't wait to get into this today. Absolutely. Me neither. Me neither. So um, with that being said, let's jump right into a couple things. So we had the Golden Globes. I believe that was uh, yesterday, last night. Right, Max? Um, So we should definitely get into some of those a little bit. So, you know, Max, why don't you go ahead and take it away? Golden Globes all announced and everything. So, you know, what, what were your first reactions? You said you were watching it live. Yeah, so the Globes have had a lot of controversy this past week with uh, reports coming out that they had no African-American members of a very small group. So they threw a lot of shade, and um, that was the big topic of the show, was that there was no African-American voters. So that's why, you know, One Night in Miami, Ma Rainey, all these types of films were not nominated anywhere for Best Picture which was a huge misfire for the HFPA. But I thought the show was good. Uh, It was handled very well um, virtually, and I was happy and I was pissed. It was just an an award show. That's what I'll say. Um, Nomadland, as we talked about pre-show here, won Best Motion Picture Drama, which I saw a couple weeks ago. I'm pretty happy about that. I think it's the best film that was nominated, so that was exciting. Um, and then Borat 2 won Best Comedy, which was a, a hilarious that a Borat sequel could win awards. But Sasha Baron Cohen won for Best Actor, and the movie won over Hamilton, which I thought was a big upset of the night. But the biggest upset of the night was um, Andre Day winning Best Actress in a Drama for United States versus Billie Holiday which no one thought she was going to win. Like, I didn't even think she had a, a, a percentage chance to win. Like, there were four clear favorites in that category, and she won. And um, I just watched that movie on Friday and did not like it, even though she was she was definitely great in it. Um, it wasn't a great movie at all, so I was... Yeah, I know your review for that movie is going to be coming later this episode. Yeah, um, but so... Who do you think so should have won great. that? Who, who did you... Who, who would you rather be there? Well, I think... Um, I thought I was actually I picked Gabby's girl Carrie Mulligan from Promising Young Woman. I thought she, because the movie got a surprising amount of nominations, it would do better, but it didn't get any wins, which was a bit yeah. shocking. Even though it got director, screenplay, actress, and picture nominations, but um, I thought Frances McDormand from Nomadland was going to win because they gave the film director and best picture. So I assumed that would be so a bit of a shocker. Um, but I do want to bring up the saddest part of the night, but also the best part of the night, which was Chadwick Boseman winning Best Actor for Ma Rainey and his wife having to give um, the speech, which was, yeah, I was a mess after that speech. It was really emotional. That was cool. Uh, that was so hard to watch. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. And because they announced it and they were like, now here's his wife to talk. I was like, oh, God, here we go. And uh, she did a great job. She really got through that really yeah. well. 
Um, she'll have to do that a lot more during award season, but um, I'm really happy that Chad won as well. Really deserved it. But yeah, that's kind of the big, the big stuff. But um, yeah, it was a weird award show, and there was a lot of talk, a lot of jokes about the African American non-voters for the HFPA. So hopefully that gets changed, and hopefully, hopefully, yeah, future years we get more African American voters. For sure. I know that in our uh, pre-Globes episode, we kind of gave like our general predictions. And, uh, you know, one of the things I noticed is I, I wasn't surprised at all that Soul won Best Picture for an animated, animated. For animated movie. Yeah, yes. yeah. I, yeah. I can't say I'm surprised. You know, I definitely saw that one coming. Um, it does. Yeah. It does feel like our, you know, obviously it's been kind of a, the, a COVID year, but it does sort of feel like we've had um, a lackluster selection of choices, you know, for this year. Not, not oh, that they're bad, crazy. but like I, I feel like in previous years it's been a little bit more stacked. But um, yeah, yeah. Soul also, yeah, you go. I was also saying, um, I know I said about how Shit's Creek, the television series, won so many Emmys that I was like, there's no way they're not gonna win a Golden Globe, and I think they won. I is it two, three, two, two, yeah. They won two. Golden Globes, so it's not. It wasn't surprising to me at all that they won, but I was still like, good for them. I actually started watching that show today on Netflix. I'm on like episode three, so. Yeah, and I was gonna add on too. Um, I'm a big Ozark guy, and I think we've talked about Ozark on this podcast before. That it got completely shut out at the, the Globes again. Uh, the Crown basically won everything drama wise, and I was extremely disappointed with that result because I think Ozark's one of the best shows on television right now, but. I get why the crown won. It's a, it's a, it's, a, it's an award show. Everyone's playing real people. It's England. It's what you know that type of stuff. But I thought Ozark should have done better. Yeah, I agree. I'm looking through uh, everything for the crown right now, and it looks like they won four, four globes. Yeah, yeah. four. So actress, actor, supporting, and drama. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm really surprised they give four to them and none to Ozark. Like I, I really, uh, I really in agreement with yeah. you. I mean, I, I love Ozark. I watch everything um, from from that, and you know, I think between the story, the actors, I mean, everything is, it's pretty incredible across the board. So definitely, definitely yeah. a shock to see that off the list. Especially, um, especially Jason Bateman, who literally it's his show and he's been nominated every year, hasn't won anything for the show. So hopefully this last season, they get more recognition from award season. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, well, all right. So those are our golden globes. And, uh, you know, definitely, definitely it feels like a down year, but, but, um, you know, still, still very competitive, still very good. And, uh, oh, I'm totally in agreement with you. Chadwick Boseman. I'm so glad that, that he won that above yeah. everything. I feel like that's the major takeaway for me from, from this, uh, you know, from this year's globes, but, um, all right. So we do have a bunch of other news I wanted to touch on. So, of course, this would not be an episode of the Movie Mafia if we didn't talk about superheroes, guys. Ladies and gentlemen, here we go. Okay, so um, we had some Spider-Man drama, some Spider-Man news. The three major actors for the Spider-Man movies that Sony has been releasing recently are, you know, Tom Holland, who obviously plays Spider-Man, Zendaya, who plays... um. I, what is her like do they just call her mary jane uh, yeah is, there, is that her like official name i thought she had like a different spin on it whatever so she just plays mj and then um i i don't want to butcher his name but jacob Batalon plays uh his best yeah. friend so um ned. yes ned so yeah. those are the three you know major actors you know besides like the the villain that pops up every movie so um 
out of those three actors all simultaneously announced the title for the next Spider-Man movie, and they each announced a different one. So one of them said uh, Spider-Man Home Slice, another one said Home Wrecker, and another one said Phone Home. And when they announced all three of those, um, it turns out none of those are the title, and the real title is No Way Home. So that's the confirmed 100% Spider-Man yeah. No Way Home. A keeping in tradition with the first Spider-Man was Homecoming, the second one was Far From Home, and now we have No Way Home. Honestly, uh, it's a little bit childish. It feels a little bit like, okay, a real title would be great, but it's, it's homey. I suppose, but which is kind of ironic, but um, it's funny. it makes sense though. Yeah. yeah, it's funny because WandaVision I feel like has turned us all into detectives. Like the three of them posted those like home things on the Instagram, so everybody's like, "What does it mean?" Like, let's go, everyone, right now, figure out a title. Like, it, I swear, WandaVision has like ruined us like, forever. <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah, I, I completely agree with that. You know, a lot of people are speculating online that these three titles are supposed to be a reference to the three Spider-Man trilogies that have released. So the first one back in the early 2000s. And then again, and like what was like maybe 2011, 2012, when they mm -hmm. did the Amazing Spider-Man, and then yeah. now with the spider with the uh, the new MCU Spider-Man, there's the three kind mm -hmm. of universes of Spider-Man movies, and some people think that these three titles are supposed to imply that in this last Spider-Man movie for this trilogy, they're gonna bring all the universes together, and they're gonna bring back the old Spider-Man actors together, and it's gonna be like a multiverse sort of thing, you know, something like that. Um, you know, no one really knows what's going on and it's all definitely kind of hush hush behind closed doors. But, um, you know, a lot of yeah. people are speculating that that's their plan and, and this is their little hint at it. But yeah, I was going to say it doesn't, it does it makes sense though, the title, because, you know, the end, the post credit scene of Far From Home, Peter Parker is revealed to be Spider-Man at the post credit scene. So he really does have nowhere to go now because uh, everyone knows who he is. So that the title made perfect sense to me. Yeah, No Way Home, I totally agree. It does feel like such a distant memory thinking about Spider-Man Far From Home. Um, you know, the, yeah. la the last time I saw that movie, I mean, it just feels like I've seen so many other uh, MCU movies before since then. But um, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. So that, that was our Spider-Man news. And, you know, with drama in the MCU comes drama in the DCEU. So, nice. uh, <laughs> yes, thank you for that transition. Uh, but yes, yeah. yeah, so... Wait, wait. Go, go ahead. Wait, Spider-Man real quick. Yes. What does Into the Spider-Verse have to do with that? What is Into the Spider-Verse? Isn't that a movie? Didn't that come out in like Yeah, yeah, so, so that's their animated movie that was all based uh, off of, like, instead of um, instead of Peter Parker as Spider-Man, it was Miles Morales, wow. like the, the black Spider-Man. And um, they were yeah. kind of centering a movie around him. And Whoa. while Peter Parker was in it, he was kind of... Um, more like mm -hmm. in the background uh and yeah, you can make him like a supporting and, character and also that was just sony not the mcu not disney that was just sony itself so yeah kevin feige they had nothing okay. to do with that movie yeah, yeah. the concept okay. of yes, like that in the comics and everything like that like that was something that was relevant in the original spider-man series and the comics and stuff so that's why a lot of people are speculating for um this latest a Spider-Man film to include elements of the Spider-Verse, which we've already seen with that animated Sony uh, movie. And Tom Holland actually posted on Instagram 
um, he said like today was one of the best days of my career. Um, and yeah, Ooh. so ominous. And um, so people are speculating that he got to work with Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield, who were the other Spider-Man. So I wouldn't be surprised um, if we saw that coming up. And uh, yeah, that trailer is going to break the oh, internet. I'm looking I'm forward sure. to it. Yeah. And I was also add too that they the trailer the you know the teaser or whatever saying the title did stick to Christmas for this year uh, for the release. Oh yeah. Which I thought was which I thought was a big deal for them to hold the release date for a while. Which you know Black Widow is hopefully coming out in two month in two or three months. So Christmas is a far away, but I think I mean this movie has so much anticipation. I'm just pumped for it already. For sure. You know, you mentioning Black Widow like that totally makes me. To- I totally forgot that Black Widow was a movie that was supposed to come out. You know, it feels yeah. it feels like I already watched that movie and I just forget about it. You know, I forgot mm-hmm. about it already. Like, I- I- man, when they ever decide to release that movie, I I just know it's not going to do as well as they were hoping, which is unfortunate. Yeah. Yeah. But um. But yeah. So, I, I my transition was ruined earlier. Thank you, Gabby. No, but um. But uh. But but the. We do have some DC, you know, drama yeah. and some DC, you know, related stuff. So um, it looks like there's going to be a new Superman film that's going to be produced by J.J. Uh, Abrams. And we, we know J.J. Abrams has done a lot of work before. He did a lot. He I think he directed all of the Star Trek movies that came out in the past couple of years with Chris Pine. And then he also did the um, Star Wars movie, the, just, the, just the first one. Um, Force Awakens uh, back in what 2015 so you know he's done these kind of like high action high energy movies before which is definitely you know where I would um, expect a Superman movie or a superhero movie in general to land into so J.J. Abrams will be directing a new untitled Superman film Um, and the drama around this is we know Superman is played by Henry Cavill and now they have not confirmed he will be back for this movie. So he could be back. He could not be back. They could be trying to do a brand new Superman film like they're doing with uh, the Batman for Robert Pattinson. Um, so, you know, it's definitely interesting. You know, there's there's a lot of question marks that DC doesn't seem to want to answer around Henry Cavill. The fa- There's a huge fan outcry for him to stay as Superman. But also... Uh, it doesn't seem like DC or Warner Brothers is jumping at the bit to keep him in that role, which just seems very strange to me because we've talked many times on this show about how Man of Steel is one of the few bright spots for, for the DC you know movie universe. Um, and then the last bit of drama to attach to the story is that it was reported that Henry Cavill himself reached out to Marvel to see if he could fit into a Marvel movie somewhere, which obviously you know Marvel and DC are kind of rivals. Uh, at each other, even though at this point, Marvel has pretty much destroyed uh, any chance for DC to beat them in the box office for, for their stuff. Mm-hmm. But um, but regardless, they're kind of rivals, so it seems weird. You know, a lot of people are like, oh my gosh, is, is Henry Cavill really not going to get the role in the Superman film since he's reaching out to the MCU to try to, you mm-hmm. know, try to get in a Marvel movie? Um, that That's all unconfirmed, but, you know, it's a couple, you know, reputable sources of I've claimed that 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 is that that is the case, but you know we'll have to wait and see. Max, what do you think about uh, you know this this Superman film coming out by J.J. Abrams, and then also Henry Cavill's potential involvement? 
Yeah, well, it, to me at least, it didn't seem like he is back because uh, it seems like this is not a DCEU film, if I'm not mistaken. I think it's its own thing. And J.J. Abrams is producing it. He's not directing it. Um, so we got to see who the director is, and we got to see who's playing Superman. But I, I'm sad because I am a big Man of Steel fan, and I think he's great in the role. So I think we still have to wait to see how Snyder Cut does in a month. Oh, no, in like two weeks, actually. How Snyder Cut's going to do in two weeks, because if the fans are clamoring for this Superman and he kills in the movie, then maybe he, he warms up to the idea of coming back. But the hate for the for DC Warner Brothers the past three years that we talk about, it feels like every week on the show, seems like it will keep him away from do, from coming back. For sure, for sure. And um, yeah, like, like you said, J.J. Abrams is going to be the producer for this film. Um, and the director is announced, but I've never heard of him before, so I'll try not to butcher his name. But his name is uh, Ta Nahisi Coates. I, I think I pronounced his name right. But um, yeah. you know, I, I did a quick Google search on him, and there's not much I can find from anything that you know I've heard of that he's worked on. You know, he's a pretty reputable like author and journalist, and he's written a ton of different books. And I believe yeah. he's even he's even wrote a few Marvel books. He wrote a couple. Uh, yeah. He wrote a Captain America book and two Black Panther. Actually, more than that, a lot of Black Panther books. So yeah, he he's done a lot of work with superheroes, a lot of Black Panther and a lot of Captain America. Um, that's pretty much all I'm seeing for superhero stuff. But and those were just books. Um, but he's done a few movies and TV shows, but you know nothing that I think is 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 massive or anything. So this definitely seems to be uh, you know his potential breakout movie as a director for his career. But yeah, mm -hmm. so I think I think it's really uh, interesting to have a former writer or an accomplished writer and author, especially someone who knows how to write, you know, superhero uh, books and stuff to be, you know, translating that to, um, to, to a movie as a director. I think, you know, you're probably going to see, yeah. um, an, like a, pr a pretty good plot. I'd be surprised if this movie was, you know, something that was really lacking in a plot. Yeah, and I was gonna I was gonna add in too that it's they're trying to do what Marvel does, and Marvel does like they bring in independent directors to direct their films. Like none of the Marvel MCU directors are super, other than John Favreau, are like big time directors before they do it, the MCU movie. Yeah. So it, it does make sense that they're going an independent or a non movie route for for this film. For sure. Yeah, I agree. Um, right. So with that being said. Um, we can, we can, I think we should go right into WandaVision. I think, I think yeah. we got to talk about WandaVision. You know, we got to stay on the superhero <laughs> theme and WandaVision episode eight. Uh, there's only nine episodes, right? So, so yeah. next week is going to be the last episode. This oh my God, guys, one. this Friday is the last one. What am I going to do every Friday now? Do I have I to like socialize know. with other people? What? <laughs> Wait, what are we going to talk about on the show? Oh, I know. I, I think we're, we're gonna have to end the show. <laughs> well, that's true. But there's a week in between, right? So we're gonna have to we're gonna have to skip that week. All right? No, I'm kidding. But um, oh my gosh. Um, but, we joke, but we also don't. <laughs> we could oh, just rewatch it. That's true. Just just keep rewatching Wandavision. Never we are stop. The WandaVision WandaVision. Podcast. Yes. Mm -hmm. Welcome to yeah. the Wandavision. <laughs> yes. Was that we're all in the simulation, being controlled by uh, 
by Wanda. But yes, absolutely. So WandaVision episode eight, you know, obviously we saw Agatha, uh, formerly Agnes, and she's kind of her background, her origin, um, you know, and then also sort of the background and origin for, for uh, Wanda herself. And uh, awesome, the awesome, amazing name drop the at the end of the movie, this or episode, I should say. The Scarlet Witch. Finally, everybody knows she's the Scarlet Witch. But finally, we hear it for the first time in the MCU. Somebody says it. Um, so yeah, we got the Scarlet Witch name drop, we got the Agatha and, and the Wanda background origin stories, the background of, you know, why we sort of have this, um, sitcom style, uh, and then the heartbreaking vision scenes, I mean, vision mutilated, yeah. ripped apart on the tables, I mean, when I saw that, I was like, oh shit, she's just gonna blow up the whole place, and then instead, she just walks right out. Like she, yeah. like she was a mad, like she at first, but then she collected herself and walked out. And then, you know, the call back to where, um, she, she's touching him and she says, I can't feel you. And then you remember when she had to kill vision in, uh, infinity war, yeah. uh, all he said to her, all, um, all I can feel is you, you know, mm-hmm. to, to her. And then they had another moment like that yeah. in civil war too. It's very mm-hmm. sad. Uh, I never, I never thought when, when we first saw this relationship, this vision and Wanda relationship, I always thought it was a little weird, but, uh, I mean, this show is, is just made it so amazing. And then of course the, the post credit scene vision back to life, a white vision, you know, I, yeah, white vision. What, yeah, white vision. Is this, is this him back? Is this a new version of him? I mean, you know, pet cemetery, you know, what, what is happening? Um, but yeah, I mean, what did you guys think of the episode? Well, I uh, the first things first is I definitely noticed the sitcom thing. I put the two and two together of why Wanda is so like why the episode like, why the season started off with like sitcoms and going through the decades, and we said that was gonna be a theme, and now we see that she grew up and when she was going through like her tough times, she would watch a sitcom. And then when she became the Scarlet Witch after touching, like, when she came in contact with the Infinity Stone, then she would sit there and watch sitcoms. And she grew up with sitcoms, and that has such a deep meaning to her. So when she went to Westview, um, and when she got there, and their house that they were, uh, that her and Vision were supposed to like build a life together, and you know, she realized that they couldn't, and boom, that's the town she created. And then right then and there is the moment that she created. Um, like her own sitcom like that was in the moment that she was so overcome by emotions that that happened and I was sitting there was like wow that explains like it explained so much and this episode really gave us a background of Wanda and Agatha and I don't know this episode blew me away I can't wait to see what the last episode brings us because every episode I just keep getting blown away and I know the last one is going to be absolutely insane yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, one of the I things go. go go ahead, Max. Yeah, go ahead. Oh yeah. Um there were three main aspects of the show that I loved this week. The first part was well at first well, the best line in the entire MCU was when Vision was talking to Wanda in the you know, the Civil War flashback when they went to, you know, when she's at the event the uh, Avengers headquarters and he was like, What is sorrow if love doesn't preserve it something like that something line like that i was like jesus that was a good that was a really good line and really heartbreaking 
Um, but the idea of Agatha basically wanting the crown, I think, is what the big thing of the show is now. Because when Agatha was killing her sisters and her mom, her mom had the crown, so she doesn't have the so she didn't gain the crown after killing her. And then Scar and then uh, you know Wanda has the crown, so it feels like that's what she's after in the show, as of now. Yeah, a hundred percent. You know, one of the things I want to ask you about Max, do you think that yeah. they're gonna have they're gonna add any new characters in this final episode? Mephisto is definitely showing up in this last episode. I the cameo is not gonna be an X Men character. Because I think they just basically said Evan Peters is not he's he's not a real Pietro he's not the Quicksilver from the Fox films, so I'm not sure they're gonna go down that rabbit hole again of doing the Fox films. I think it's gonna be a big time cameo during this episode because I think the rabbit is Mephisto at this point because she keeps referring to the rabbit as us the entire episode, so um, I think Mephisto will be the big cameo next week. Wow. Yeah, I I think you could be right there, but um. Having a th another villain and another like backstory or whatever or motivation is going to be um, a little tiresome if if they find that to be if they have to you know add all that in um, yeah. to this episode. But I guess we'll have to we'll have to wait and see how they how they truly you know turn it out. One of the who things do you that think it is? you know I was saying who do you think it is? Yeah, for me, um, you know, I I, I think I think you're probably I think you're probably right. I think you honestly. I, I think you, you hit the nail on the head with it. Um, to me, it just feels strange with with the fact that these episodes feel short as is, and they're only going for nine. You know, I'm used to a Netflix style where you get 12 episodes and they're all like an hour or maybe a little bit longer than an hour or something like that each episode. So we're getting like, what are they, like 30-minute episodes, something like that, 30, 40-minute episodes, and, and we're only getting nine of them, which feels like a strange number to have. So, you know, I don't know. It, it feels like it feels like I'm in the final act of the show, but like not at the end. But, you know, obviously we only got one episode left. So uh, I guess, you know, I have to judge it for myself when it comes and see you see how they do it. But I just have this um, feeling that they're not it's, it's going to be very strange and they're not going to do um, a great job wrapping everything up. Do you think there's going to be a second season? Oh, there has to be. I was if, thinking about it. I don't mm, I don't know. Because I also do, I wanted to add to another point about the cameo. I also think Doctor Strange is showing up next episode because they, they have to lead her into Doctor Strange. And it doesn't make any sense if a witch like Agatha can sense the, can sense the um, what do you call it, the hex? Because that's how she said she found the hex. I don't know how Doctor Strange doesn't sense that also, so I think he's showing up next episode to lead into that. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's not the end of Wanda. It's not the end of Vision. She's still going to be in more movies. That's the whole point of the show. It's connecting them to the movies as well. Interesting. Yeah, I totally didn't think about having future seasons. I just assumed, since it's so popular, they'd have a future season, but I'm not really sure where they would go with it, uh, yeah. honestly. But, um... You know, it's definitely going to be interesting. I hope they have future seasons. I want to see more of Darcy Lewis and and uh, Jimmy Woo and everything. You know, I, I want to see all these guys keep going. Yeah. But um, but yeah, you know, I have no idea what they're going to do. Uh, if so, you go ahead. Do you think the big question I want to ask everyone is about Vision? Because Vision got brought back 
merely by Wanda. We thought that she took the body, but it's obviously not a body. She just created him. And it didn't seem like he could survive outside the hex. Does he make it past the end of this episode? Because I think he's gonna, he won't be allowed to survive after this, after this show. I'm just conflicted on it. Hmm. Vision alive or dead? Um, At the end of the show. Right. Yeah. I don't know. You know, I think he, I think he probably, I think he probably has to be dead, right? I mean, how did they bring him back without the stone? Uh, unless, unless Doctor Strange does some like, uh, does does something, you know, crazy with mm-hmm. some magical powers, you know, magical BS out of nowhere. But it seems yeah. like the moral of the story here is is getting over a loved one, and I don't think you get over a loved one by, and they're back. Yes. So. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what everyone else you guys think about that, but um, I think Visions probably has to stay dead. Me too. Yeah. I, I would that. say the only reason that I feel like he, I don't know, I don't know with Wanda because I didn't know how Wanda got her powers, so her touching the Infinity Stone for me was like a big thing. I don't know if anybody else knew that. Probably it's probably common knowledge. I didn't know that, so I'm wondering since she has all this power, if she could bring Vision back to life. She did have contact with an Infinity Stone. Do you think she has enough power to be able to bring him back to life? And all this is building up to bring him back to life. I think that's a possibility, or am I literally like way out of the ballpark? No, no, you you could be right. I I don't think it was common knowledge that she got um her powers no. like well she has like dormant powers and then they were like made like appeared by her touching the infinity stone like made stronger by that but i think her power go ahead max i'm saying the big deal of this episode is that she she had powers before she touched the stone when she was a kid like she's the one who stopped the bomb which gave which made her it basically confirms that she's a mutant like she has a gene that lets her to do it but i think i mean she created vision in the hex is that the only way she can create vision is in a hex that's the thing like can she create her in the real create him in the real world well, we saw know. as soon as he stepped out of the hex, he started dying or whatever, and he started returning back to his yeah. form. But but what's even more strange about that is that's not his original form, right? Yeah. So he so he he was turning back to like nothing, which is I don't know why, I don't know I, I don't I, it just seems weird that he would return back to that like little that's exact same state when he could you know, I, I thought he would just turn to something like else like just poof away. And I don't think her kids are real either. I don't think her kids are going to make it past. They might not. Like, I don't know. They're Because they're made also in the hex. That's the thing I'm saying. Like, if Vision is in the same boat as the kids, because the kids are just made by the hex. So, I mean, you know, like, I have no idea. if they're. Gonna, I mean, I assume the kids are going to survive at least, but I don't know. That would be brutal if the kids didn't survive. What would Marvel be doing? You know, grew an attachment to these kids. And if they just are like, yeah, they didn't make out of the hex. <laughs> That's horrible. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think Wanda can take any more loss in her life right now. No. <laughs> the, really yeah, depressing. This, yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, yes. Well, before, before I think I think we've spent uh, enough enough time on Wandavision, and as much as I mm-hmm. cannot, we believe me, we are gonna completely destroy Episode Nine on our next podcast. You know, yeah, we're, we're, that I, and I absolutely cannot wait for it. Um, and of course, you know, after WandaVision, we got Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which I have this sneaking suspicion is not going to be as good as WandaVision. 
So, but but y'all got to stick with me, all right? We got to watch Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and um, mm-hmm. it's not it's well, not going to be the same. Yeah, it's not going to be the same. And and of course, and yes, you're right. And Loki, I think this uh the schedule for Marvel has been so impressive. So I'll read off the schedule quickly. But so we've had we've had WandaVision from January to now March. And then we're going to get Falcon and the Winter Soldier from March until April. And then the Black Widow movie is supposed to be uh, the next month after that in May. And then the month after that is going to be Loki, the TV show, starting in June. So June 11th is the official premiere they just dropped this past week for the Loki TV series on Disney+. And, uh, man, I mean, we got a month-to-month you know, uh, kind of like plan and little outline for our MCU shows uh, and movies from here on out until the summer. Yeah, it feels like the summer is so long, so far away. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, definitely, definitely something to look forward to, I guess, and definitely always gonna have something to talk about on this podcast. Yeah, and I'm also the Disney. No, you go, you go. Go ahead, Matt. Okay, uh, I was saying also just Disney Plus in general. I know that there's another Pixar movie coming out and then another Disney, like, princess movie coming out as well, like, in between Luca and Rhea and the Last Dragon. So in between all of the Marvel stuff that's being on Disney+, Plus, we have these two movies as well. Like, we're not, like, Disney+, Plus is going to have so many more, like, subscribers, like, because yeah. there's so much happening this year. Like, Disney+, Plus is going hard. Yeah, and I was gonna bring up, you know, the Monsters Inc. show also comes out in July, I think, too. So, yeah, there's a lot. And I was gonna bring up, too, um, talking about Nomadland earlier, Chloe Zhao di- is directing The Eternals, which is coming out in November. So, um, and then uh, Spider Man's on Christmas. So, uh, like, this, yeah, well, you're gonna have to, well, everyone said that about Guardians and look at how big of a franchise Guardians is. So, true. I think we can't, we have to stop doubting Marvel in space because they really nailed at least the first Guardians movie. Captain Marvel, not so much. But but the Guardians movies, I will give oh. to you. <laughs> oh, uh, another episode of the movie Mafia. Another episode of Jacob shitting on Captain Marvel. All right. Um, God, I hate that movie. Okay. Um, right. I should have. They should have just called it Nick Fury. He's he's the best character in that wow. film. Wow. Yikes. Okay. Okay. I'm done. Um, I, I need wow. I need to throw something. This is this is something I'm throwing on the spot. I didn't put this in, in our little you know google doc together but yeah gab gabby we've gotten some more yes. news i can't believe these are words coming out of my mouth on my own podcast i'm we got hbo max released a trailer for their whole sh- yeah, everything that's coming on their show uh, their their streaming service so they of course released all their superhero stuff and their godzilla and kong stuff and they showed finally a little sneak peek of the new gossip girl show that they're making and I gotta watch. I, I gotta. I gotta. I gotta tell you that I watched it, and part of me thought, I am the biggest loser in the world. Why do I watch this show? I think I'm the only. I'm the only man who's ever existed who watches this show. But then also, I was like, oh, Gossip Girl's coming back. Ah! <laughs> I I couldn't hate myself anymore. But um, Gab, you have to no, watch this. My favorite, 
I will. My favorite TV show is Gossip Girl. I was literally just talking about this with my friend last night. She was like, I can't believe your favorite show is Gossip Girl. Like, you've never talked to me about it. I was like, it's like one of those things that, like, I don't know if you ask me about it, I could talk to you about it for hours, but I just don't bring it up in conversation. So when, oh my God, I can't believe they're like, oh, I'm so excited. I am so excited that Gossip Girl, like, Oh, Blake Lively has a special place in my heart. Everybody knows this. Like, the fact that they're doing, oh my God, like, gosh, no words. I'm so excited. Oh my god. I'm so excited. Okay, I have to send this to you quick, and I need to get your first reaction. Um, hang on. Okay, let me, let I'm gonna watch this. it right now. Hold, yeah, here. There's only there's they're only in it for like one snippet, so you you just can like I'll send you the link, and then okay. you just go and pause it. Okay. I'm so excited to. <laughs> All right. How am I gonna send this to you? I have no idea how I'm gonna send this to you. Wanna text it to me? Um. Okay. Okay. Hang on. Um. All right. So while we're doing, while I'm doing this, why don't I, why don't I uh move us ahead a little bit? Here, Max. Why don't you talk? Uh, if you could talk a little bit about your movie reviews. I know that you had uh two movies that that you recently um watched and you can discuss. Yeah, um, while you're doing that. Um, so Tom and Jerry, talking about HBO Max, Tom and Jerry just came out on Friday, and it is not very good. Um, so, because um, the big problem with the movie is that it's called Tom and Jerry, so Tom and Jerry are really not in the movie that much. And instead of Tom and Jerry, there's a human storyline with Chloe Grace Moretz running a wedding for Colin Jost, and Michael Pena is in the movie, who is not happy with this, and in the between all of this, there are cartoonish animals that happen to be Tom and Jerry making jokes. So this was not a good movie. And I kind of compared it to Smurfs, like the first Smurfs, where it was a mixer of live action and animation, where the Smurfs really weren't in the movie. It was more Neil Patrick Harris. That's what this movie was, and it's not very good. Um, and the last one is called, as I said earlier, The United States versus Billie Holiday, which dropped on Hulu. True story about Billie Holiday that I thought was not handled in the right way, even though Anja Day is giving a really good performance. Um, it was just a highlight reel of her life, and I don't want to watch a movie for two and a half hours about a highlight reel. I want to see more deep, uh, more um, personal storytelling, and it just went singing to drugs, singing drugs. It was kind of getting old, and um, I just wish the movie took a deeper approach. So not a good week. We've had a good month, but... Um, it's just what it is. Just one of one of those kind of weeks. So that's my reviews. Awesome. Okay. Awesome. I just um, got uh, text. Yeah. Okay, so it's only in it for those two for like two quick scenes. So you you'll miss it if you uh you go too fast. But okay, um it. so, so I'm gonna I'm gonna pull it up here. Let me let me get let me pull this up. I, I hate that I like this show. Oh, they're doing like a whole like new like new cast and yeah. like a whole like revival. Yeah, and, and like, they're finally it's finally going to be um uh so like good. trans inclusive. Like they're like they have a couple uh trans actors um for the for the show, which is the first time they've ever done that before. When did it come out? Um let me here, let me move this very quickly. Okay, there we go. Um okay, now I have it on stream here so everyone can see it. But, uh, right, when does the show come out? Dude, I forget. Um, 
Let me let me Google they this so real much, quick. They have, they have so much stuff coming out. It's insane. It's I, I know that they're filming right now, so I don't know oh, if they okay. have a, a concrete release date yet. Um, like, like next month is Snyder Snyder Cut and Godzilla versus Kong. Like that's like the biggest month for them. Next yeah, month. yeah. Okay, so I just I, lo I just looked it up. There is no confirmed release date, but it's speculated oh, that okay. it's going to be maybe the end of this year, or early next year. Because they're still in they the process of filming. filming yeah, they're yeah. filming in New York City. Of course. Yeah. So excited! This movie's so good because it's definitely more modern, and oh my god, they're gonna turn this into such a shit show, and I'm so excited to watch it. Because Gossip Girl is already like, if you blink, you most likely miss something major. So this, I don't even know what's gonna happen with this. I hope it's as good as the original, but nothing is going to top the original Gossip Girl. I just want everyone to know. And and Gab, yeah. just so you can freak out, they yes. someone confirmed that there's going to be somebody from the cast returning, and nobody will say who, but someone from the cast is returning. And 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 they said hardcore fans of the show are going to love it. That's, that's all they said. And and, okay. and now everyone is like, oh my god, who's it gonna be? And I think everybody thinks it's gonna be Dorota, but, um, but it's gonna yeah. Gonna be like some random extra that nobody. Knows. <laughs> I would cry. <laughs> I would cry. Uh, I, I would absolutely cry. But um, but yeah, I had to share this with you, Gab, because I know you're a huge Gossip Girl Ooh. fan. Of course, I'm not or anything. But uh. Sure sounds oh, like. No, 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 no. Just I just did this for no, Gab. Jacob, we yeah, we haven't had this conversation before, Jacob. No, no. He definitely has no. a Gossip Girl like poster hidden behind his computer or something. <laughs> Probably does. Oh my god. Most likely, I wouldn't doubt he, it. He uses Dexter to cover up his Gossip yeah. Girl. Yeah. Mm. Oh my oh gosh! My Stop exposing me, all right? I can't handle this. He likes I can't it. Handle this. He likes the, him. Yeah, and before you realize, the real reason I like you is because Penn Badgley's in Gossip Girl. Yep. That's, yeah, we that's figured that out. Now. Now the breadcrumbs um, falling. Oh, now. yeah. Oh, Jacob, <laughs> we put two and two together. Oh, my gosh. We watch one division. We can put we your life together. Right oh, my gosh. I can't I can't handle this. I can't handle this. All right. Um. Well, we, we have to stop talking about Gossip Girl because, you know, I won't uh, if left unchecked. Oh, but this is for, 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 for our last segment, guys. We I, I've been putting this off till the end. Save the yeah. best for last. Of course, I told you guys at the beginning of the episode, Danielle is here, and she's not just here to be on the podcast and look great and have a ton of fun. She's also here to give her review for the To All the Boys trilogy. So if you watched our previous episodes, you know, Max touched on it briefly. You know, he said he enjoyed yeah. it, and he talked about the show a little bit, but we haven't had anything, like, really in-depth. So for our last kind of topic that we can stretch out for a, a little, little while here... Um, we're going to talk about to all the boys. So, Danielle, you know, oh, take, take it away. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, this series is uh, the only reason I have Netflix. Um, it's not an exaggeration. Uh, I don't have my own Netflix account. I just use my friends. But, like, she can guarantee, like, every few weeks, like, in the continue watching section, it just, like, one of the three movies just pops up, like, in the continue watching. And she knows <laughs> this is the only time I use her Netflix account. Um, yeah, I don't know why I'm ashamed to say I love the series for some reason. Um, I've actually read the books as well. I have the last one 
always and forever Laura Jean right here and I'm in the middle of reading that now um but it started when I read uh, when I saw the first movie um so if you guys watch it too you know that Laura Jean Covey is just an average normal girl like most rom-coms but she writes these love letters um to five different guys only three of them are really important you can forget about the other one um and so her little sister kitty ends up sending out these love letters that she wrote years and years ago and so one of them goes to josh sanderson who's her neighbor who also happens to date her older sister um and then the other one goes to Peter Kavinsky, who's just like popular guy in school. She knows him from back in the day, used to be really close. Um, so basically, you know, Peter and Laura, Peter approaches Laura Jean about this love letter he gets. She tries to explain whatever, but they end up making this kind of pact together to pretend that they're dating in order to make the people who they really like jealous which for peter peter that's his ex-girlfriend jen and for laura jean that's josh sanderson her neighbor so through this fake dating they actually lo and behold fall in love and it's really cute um so yeah this movie is complete with a steamy hot tub scene as well um who could forget um <laughs> so yeah the first movie i think like i just remembered the whole world like exploding about this movie i don't remember i don't know if you guys remember that but it was just like the next day after it was released like all social media was just literally peter kavinsky everywhere everyone was obsessed with noah centineo i think he went from like three hundred thousand instagram followers to like 10 million like overnight <laughs> it was crazy um so yeah like i think he's like kind of considered cringy now <laughs> um yeah the yes. kind of fell out of love with him a little bit but <laughs> um that was a time yeah um so the first movie i think definitely had a really big impact and uh i think that's definitely the best one in the series i don't know what you guys think but yeah that one can definitely stand alone that is the gold standard of netflix films right there in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I pulled up all three of the films here um, just for anyone, you know, watching to, to be able to see. So mm -hmm. the highest reviews, not that anyone should take everything Rotten Tomatoes says is gospel, but but the highest <laughs> the highest Rotten Tomatoes rating by far is on the first one. And then the second <laughs> one has the lowest and the third okay. one is, is above average, like respectable. Got it. Right. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, it, it kind of, yeah, the, the other movies kind of fell off. I think the series as a whole kind of lost momentum because um, the second one, a lot of people say that was the worst one. Um, and the second one, yeah. they kind of, there's there's like a love triangle aspect, of course. Every good rom-com series has one. Um, so this yeah. character, John Ambrose McLaren, is introduced, and he's another love interest for... Laura Jean, who's played by Jordan Fisher. I don't know if you guys are familiar with Jordan Fisher. Yeah, he's extremely talented, very wholesome, uh, very good competition for Peter Peter, Peter K. Um, also, the fact that Peter is kind of an asshole in the second movie. He, yeah. Yeah. Like, first of all, he's going behind LJ's back to, like, comfort Jen and, like, 
he's still holding on to that connection with his ex-girlfriend, but he's like denying it basically. Manipulative. Don't do it, guys. Um, and then he like invites Jen to like the treehouse reunion thing and different stuff like that. Um, so he's kind of just in this tough position, but it's not fair to Lara Jean. And then it's revealed the kind of big climax is that it reveals that in the steamy hot tub scene I was talking about before, he was actually waiting for Jen, not Lara Jean, in the hot tub. Oh my gosh. And it turns out that he knew all along that Jen was the one who recorded that and sent it out to the entire school, making Lara Jean publicly humiliated, blah, blah, blah. So Peter's kind of an asshole <laughs> in the second one, but I guess he makes up for it because he apologizes in the end. They get back together. And that leads us into the third movie, which just came out recently. I think, like, right around Valentine's Day. And uh, so they're just planning on going to college, you know. They're doing their thing. And they're both trying to go to Stanford together. But Laura Jean doesn't get in. And then she's trying to figure out where she wants to go. But she really wants to be close to Peter. Um, which my mom always told me not to do that. Um, <laughs> she was like, never follow other people when it comes to college because you don't know how life is going to turn out and you have to do what's best for you. So Laura Jean follows my mom's advice and she goes to NYU, which makes Peter upset. Um, and they eventually kind of break up because of that distance. But of course, in the end, they get back together. He writes her this lovely note in her yearbook where he's like, I want to make this work. I love you always and forever, Laura Jean, and we're going to make this work. And that's how the movie, the series kind of ends with them going to their separate colleges, and we don't know kind of what happens or how it works out, um, but we're left to assume that it does. But what do you guys think about that? Do you think they, are they actually built to last four years at separate colleges across the country? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I've always been there you go, yeah. There you go, you know. Okay. I've always been told that you have the three loves of your life. The first one kind of is like that sets you up. Yeah, but they're not made to last. The second one is the one to the second love is the one that has made you who you are, the one that you know is going to kind of like that's what you want in a relationship. That's what the second love is for. And then your third love is your soulmate. So I don't know. I feel like, yeah, she said she had multiple loves. And John Ambrose, I think, was kind of that second love that we had in there. But Peter is definitely maybe the first or even the second love. John Ambrose is either one or two, and Peter's either, um, like, one or two. So I don't really know. I feel like she could do better. Um, I like Peter and everything, but I kind of wanted her to end up with John Ambrose in that second episode because I got so in that second uh, movie because Peter was pissing me off the whole time. So I kind of wanted her to be like, "Oh, sorry, Peter, I'm going with John now" because they were they would have made a really cute couple. But you know, yeah. of course, that's not how it's the love story of um, Peter Kavinsky and Laura Jean Covey. So it made sense, but that was my kind of take. So yeah, exactly. Yeah, what I was going to say was, uh, it's funny how we have just completely different opinions on the franchises. I actually like, I like it 3-2-1. Like, that's my order of the movies. I'm not a huge fan of the first one. I thought it was just quite boring, really, the first movie, where I, there was like, it was like, it was whatever. I thought the third one, in my opinion, mm -hmm. was clearly the best one. 
because it was the most focused movie. There was no third wheel. There was, it was just the two of them on screen together the whole movie, and um, which I thought was the right decision. And all the side characters actually had something to do. Like her dad had a huge subplot. Her sister had a much bigger things to do. Um, even her friend had something to do in the movie. So I actually liked the third one the best. But and it's funny because I'm a I actually really like um, Noah Centineo. I think he's he's my favorite part of the the movies. Yeah. Um, so I was I was kind of rooting for him in the second one uh, to be with <laughs> to be with her because Jordan Fisher just felt so it felt very forced. It was like we need to figure out uh, it, a, a drama in the franchise. So I'll get to that in another person. Yeah. I just like when I just like when it's the two of them personally. But you know, that's just my opinion. Yeah, and I think that's why they what their goal was with the third one. Um, I've heard the actors in the movie say multiple times that the third one was very much for the fans. Um, so I think they, you know, purposely gave Lara Jean and Peter a lot of screen time together, a lot of cute scenes, um, just to kind of wrap it all up with a bow and give everybody what they wanted. Um, mm-hmm. But I think this series as a whole kind of, I keep referring to it as a series, but you know what I mean? Movie yeah. series. <laughs> um, I think there's this like pure kind of wholesome aspect about it. I don't know what it is. Like, I feel like that's why I kind of drew in such a large audience because like it has enough like spice to it where it's not like super like raunchy or like sensual, but like keeps it, there's a little bit in there that keeps it interesting, but it's also not too inappropriate for younger audiences. And it's just ultimately just a cute love story. Um, and I think the main character, Lara Jean, is just this really, like, pure, cute, innocent girl. And that comes through in the writing, too. Like I said, I've read the books. And I found the books, like, super relaxing to read because, like, it's just, it's almost like a journal, but not. It's not like she's like, dear diary, today I did this. But, like, her writing style, she's kind of just talking about things in a really natural way. Or she'll be like, I'm going to bake cookies for Kitty's bake sale and I'm going to start with two cups of flowers and blah, blah, blah. Like she kind of goes into the little details about life um, in a really like kind of soothing, relaxing way. So that's why I like reading the books. Um, None of the plot felt like forced. It felt like you're just kind of like peering into somebody's life and it was really cool. So um, yeah, that's why I like the books and the series as a whole. And um yeah, I just kind of wanted to talk a little bit about that with you guys. Also, I think that Josh Sanderson gets screwed over in the first movie. Yes. Just had to throw that out there. And then he <laughs> just blipped not... off the radar for the second and third. Just yeah. like yeah. Thanos I, I, snapped I, away. That's why I like the third one, because I was not, like, the person I was rooting for her to be with in one and two don't happen. Like, in the first one, it was it was, it was that guy. And then I was rooting for Centineo, but it was Jordan Fisher for a good part of that movie. Mm-hmm. So that's why I like the third one the best. It just made the most sense. But I wanted to ask um, Jacob and Gabby, too, like, how do you rank the franchises? Because it looks like we're both, both of us have different rankings. Yeah, honestly, um, maybe it's the gossip girl in me that loves the drama and, and angst and, like, constant tension. But for me, one is by far the best. And then the other ones are just like, whatever, it's two and three. But like, um, you know, so I just watched the movies, you know, as you guys know. So um, I guess it's different for me. 
you know, I guess people who might have watched the first movie when it originally came out might not have known for sure whether there was going to be a second or even a third. But me knowing that there's three movies, I had this feeling going into it like, okay, I, I don't think whoever she's going to end up with in the first episode or first, first movie, which we know is Peter, I really thought it was going to be like a different guy in each episode. Like it was going to be Peter in the first one. And then the second one, it was going to be like someone from her past. And then the third one, it was going to be like the person she really loves, Josh. That's what I thought was going to happen. And before going into it, or like after, like halfway through the first one, when it was kind of obvious that she was going to end up with Peter in that episode or that part, I should say. So uh, totally flipped on its head, though, and completely the opposite. And she's with Peter the entire time. And, um, you know, for the most part, um, I guess definitely for me, the first one, and I think is the best one. Um, it just it just uh, I, I liked I really liked how there was like the concept of the notes and, and then sending them to all the different guys and the repercussions of that. Mm -hmm. And that was the universe that I felt was very interesting. And then when they got away from that and it was like, well, now she has the guy. And then yes, John Ambrose comes back in the second one, but it felt very obvious that it was just a, a, a parallel from the first movie. Cause like in the first movie, it's um, her, it's uh, LJ versus Peter and, and Peter's ex. And that's your love triangle. The two girls, one guy. And then in the second movie, it's obviously the opposite. Well, I mean, like, well, while Peter's ex is still a factor in it. Oh, my little sister is yelling at me. Um, while, while Peter's well, Peter's ex is still a factor in it, it's very much a John Ambrose, Peter, and LJ uh, triangle. And then the third film is kind of just like, instead of the love triangle as the issue, like the, the people as the issue, the issue is yeah. like their aspirations or it's like them versus their environment or whatever, which is, yeah. which is college and, and growth and everything. So um, I, I, I do really like all, all three movies and I, and I like them because they seem to not be rehashing the same issues too much, you know? And I like that. I liked, especially that the third movie, if they added another love triangle or something or a new guy in the third exactly. movie, I would have just been like, all right, please stop. Exactly. But, but having college thrown in, I think was a perfect choice. Um, you know, but I just don't think anything can capture the magic. That was, that was the first one for me. For sure. Yeah. So if I were, if I were to rank them based on like, cause you know, I wanted her to end up with John Ambrose. Like, I don't know. I think that was just me, but if I were to rank them based on like, her and um, Laura Jean and um, Peter together, I would probably do one, three, then two. Because I really didn't like two. I don't know. It just wasn't my favorite movie. Like I said, I wanted her to end up with John. And then the whole thing with Jen just like really aggravated me. But I didn't really like that movie. But so I would have to go. One is a classic love story. Like I love that. It's a rom-com. Absolutely. Three gave me the same vibe as the first one, where it's just very rom-com, very them-centered. Um, yeah. And then two is just, we all know my take on that. So that's how I'd rank them. Yeah. I I'm, cool. I'm, I'm cool being on an island. I, I just like three a lot. I also like the idea of loving a person, loving a place. It's two totally different things. I yeah. thought they nailed the differences between the two things. And the only thing I didn't really like about uh, the third one was that Peter's dad subplot just out of the blue coming back into his life and having you yeah. know it was funny seeing it was funny seeing Henry Thomas in it I just uh, I don't know I just, it just felt very um forcing because Peter really you didn't really know anything about Peter's life honestly so I guess they were like here's something 
but um, maybe they explore more of that in the books, but uh, in the movies, they really didn't do anything with Peter's backstory. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. I will say in the books as a whole, Peter is even more of an asshole. <laughs> just, like, not based on, like, events that happen or his actions, just, like, in general, like, how he speaks. Like, in the movie, he has, like, a lot of cute like he says a lot of cute things to Laura Jean and stuff like that they still happen in the book but he's just a lot more like self-centered and kind of just like you know boisterous about his accomplishments and like yeah he's just full of himself <laughs> dude when he lied to her with that poem that was really from Edgar Allan Poe I was oh, like ooh God. it's over that. That, ooh. that was hilarious I thought that was funny honestly I thought that's that was hilarious so, that's what, like you don't think that your girl's gonna figure that out like yeah you don't i i like how imperfect their love is like that as an example and then also i think in the third movie or second or third movie it's all like a, a blur for me but uh in one of the second or third movie they're sitting together in their shop that they always like their their diner or whatever and um they were like okay whatever song i play is going to be our song and they play some yeah, yeah. stupid song and they both hate it. And they're like, okay, never mind. And just like in a, in a classic romance or a rom-com, it's like whatever song they choose is the perfect song. And this, it's just like something yeah. they both hate. And it's just yeah, like, yeah. It, you know, I, I, I feel like the entire time I'm like in a rom-com, this is the guy she meets before she meets the one. But uh, I, I like how kind of realistic it is. And, it, you know, not, life isn't necessarily like a rom-com. Um, true and not yeah. not every no one's perfect right so mm-hmm. I, I i do i do kind of appreciate that i think that was a that was a good touch to kind of make it more realistic yeah, yeah. and i think like in the third movie something i noticed or that like kind of bothered me was just that i don't know they they kind of were just too like it was weird to me that they were focusing on finding a song or that they were so set from the beginning like for for like a year they were like oh we're going to the same college like they were so kind of like like it kind of gave me like a codependent vibe and I was like whoa like they're just like planning their lives together which is really sweet and nice but you kind of wonder compared with actual reality like is this the best thing for them they just seemed like super set on like work forever like I think Peter even has a line um towards the end of the last movie where I forget what leads up to it, but he was like, and that's how you know we're going to be together forever. And, like, I don't know. I <laughs> With my high school boyfriend, I don't know if I would be wanting to say, like, something so bold, like, oh, yeah, this is before we even go to college, like, this is absolutely forever. So in that regard, um, I think their love is a little maybe naive because obviously they are going to encounter a bunch of challenges in college and things are going to happen and stuff. And I kind of wanted to also the movie ends without us knowing how it turns out. A lot of people were saying that they wanted to see um, like just a cutaway scene or like maybe an end credit scene where one of them is visiting the other one in college or something like that, just to give us a hint like, oh, this actually worked out or whatever. But we don't know, which is kind of cool, too, because I think Mm -hmm. maybe it leaves this realistic aspect of like, okay, maybe maybe it didn't actually work out. Uh, we don't really know, but it's up to, you know, the viewer. I also, um, oh, they also, the one thing about the third movie is they made New York look so beautiful. They were like, 
Oh yeah, like there's nothing wrong with New yeah. York. It's perfect. I'm like, if you have actually ever been to New York, you know it does not look that beautiful. Yeah, like there are people on the street harassing you 24-7. Like the NYU campus is very like unsafe. Like, but I was like, NYU got a bunch of free publicity from this movie, let me tell you that. Um but it was just I was like, but also if you didn't if NYU is so hard to get into. If she got into NYU but not Stanford, like I know, I kind of worried about that too. Um, yeah, I was, that. I was watching it with my friend, and we were both sitting there, like, how did she get into NYU but not Stanford? But go off, I guess. But I mean, the campus did look beautiful, and they made New York look so nice. But I was like, man, these unrealistic movie goals, like that yeah. does not happen in New yeah. York. <laughs> unrealistic yeah. standards of New York. Yeah. yeah, they forgot to film the rats in the street and the. Oh yeah. Oh, I like the part when the subway just starts cracking and then people fall into a pit of rats. <laughs> oh, that part of New York. No, that that actually happens in New York. Yeah, that is. Yeah. <laughs> I, I Go ahead. Well, oh yeah, I was gonna add that. I thought I really. I know there's only three books, but I don't want them to do more movies. I think that three is just enough with the franchise, um, being a trilogy. I think that. If you really push it to them being a long-distance relationship, it would be as bad as Kissing Booth 2 handled it, and they handled it terribly doing a long-distance relationship in that movie. Um, Kissing Booth 2 is terrible. So um, I, both of them are terrible. Two is a lot worse. That can be so, our next topic. I really, I'm, I'm going to be annoyed. I really wasted my time in those two movies, and there's another one coming out in June, so I'm really pumped for that one. <laughs> Oh yeah, and yes, we, while we hate them, are we still gonna watch it? Absolutely, yes. oh, absolutely. They're, they're exes. I don't know if you guys knew that. Yeah, yes, yeah. Yes. yeah. Well, and I just—it's so awkward to watch them. I know it's really horrible to watch them knowing that. Yeah, they like actually like hate each other in real life because you're like, oh, like what a cute like love, and then like behind the scenes they're like screaming at each other, like, oh, that's not good. <laughs> I oh like him. Goodness. I do like him a lot in um, Euphoria. He's one of my favorite parts of Euphoria. I'm not a big Joey King person, so I mean, these movies don't really work in my favor anyway, because she's the star. So you know, whatever at this point. Yeah. But I still, this franchise does a lot better job than Kissing Booth, and they're both basically yeah. coming out the same time, all happening because they both shot the first one. It came out in 2018, and they both shot the second and third films back to back. So. Right. And they're both coming out in the same year. So, I mean, that's why they're getting a lot of comparisons, too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that was that was a good year. Well, Kissing Kissing Booth actually came out before um, To All the Boys. So, all the boys. yeah. It was, like, all the rage at first. And then when To All the Boys came out, everyone was like, oh, wait, there's actually a better version of that yes. kind of movie. Um, yeah, and I think, yeah, like I said, the first one, like, was crazy and then i think the series kind of lost momentum with the second one i think overall people kind of acknowledge that that's maybe the worst one in the series um and then because of that i'm not sure how much viewership i'd have to take a look but the third one got um but i think mm -hmm. because the second one i don't want to say tanked but like i know people were upset with how that turned out so i don't know how many people turned in for the third one i was always gonna tune in no matter what um <laughs> But yeah, I don't know how, in terms yeah. of ratings, whatever, how it did, but yeah. For sure. Well, you know, one thing I am certain of is that regardless of the To All the Boys franchise and, and the Kissing Booth franchise, 
Gossip Girl is still better than both. That's all. That's all I know. That's all I know. All right. Um, and and we've we've that's, gone. That's not saying much. That's we not. Saying it isn't. It isn't. But. But. <laughs> But um, but we're we're gonna have to have you back on again, Danielle, so yeah. you can argue yeah. with us about about <laughs> Gossip Girl, about all these stupid shows that I can't, we can't stop watching. But um, regardless, well, did you just call them stupid? Yeah, they're kind of stupid. They're great, but like they're kind of stupid. No, 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 they are classic rom coms. Rom coms oh. are not stupid. You I'm Gossip Girl, girl. you okay. watch the movies. Well, well, we've gone a little bit over our time, so we're going to have to get out of here, but we will save this argument for the next episode. I promise Gabby will have her chance to tear into me for that comment. But with that being said, thank you guys for watching this episode of the Movie Mafia. Thank you so much, Danielle, for being a part of our episode. And we will see you guys in the next one. Peace.